just a couple of seconds. Hey everybody, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Today's guest has been on the show before. He's very popular. In fact, when I put out a request many months ago who you would most like to have do the last show of the year, he was in the top four. So he is here towards the end of the year to talk a little bit about exercise as medicine, the myths, the magic, and the motivation. Please welcome back Dr. Stefan Esser. It's so good to see you again. Hey, Chef AJ and everybody, it's great to join you. Wow, it's a very beautiful background. It doesn't look like Florida. It is not Florida. I actually escaped to some family friends home up near Asheville, North Carolina, where I'm coming to you live from the snow drifts. I actually just got some exercise myself walking through the woods to get to this little chalet. So here we are. We made it. So excited to share with you today about exercise. Yeah, like, yeah, but I can imagine like when it's cold like that, other than skiing, what can people do? Because I don't think people want to go outside when it's this cold. That's right. Well, that is the beauty, isn't it? If you do have a home and you have somewhere warm, there's always something you can do. You know, uh, I think we're getting near the end of the year. And I know both you and I are big fans of lifestyle medicine and interventions. And we always think there are two major pillars, right? There's food and there is exercise, right? And it's fascinating to me because you and I, you know, I know you've been in this field for the last 40 plus years. I've been in it my entire 40 plus years of life as well. And really what I've seen are these two big dichotomies of people. They're the people that think exercise is all you need. And then there are people that think it's only the food and that's all you need. You know, a lot of people, I, you know, seem to say something like this. They'll like say, well, exercise does not matter. They're really strict. Let's say, oh, it's just about the food folks. Um, but I don't know, I thought it would be a great time today to talk a little bit about why exercise does matter and how to implement it into our lives. I know you're a big fan of uh, exercise, Chef AJ. What do you love to do? What is your exercise routine? Well, I'm going to be honest. I don't love it, but I understand the importance of my exercise, <laughs> but, I, but I do have one. I understand that it's non-negotiable, not just for maintaining my weight loss, but for health. So I spin an hour every day. And nice. the way I make it more enjoyable is that's when I give myself my guilty pleasure of my iPhone, whether it's playing words with friends or watching something on Netflix. I walk my dog Bailey at least an hour a day, and I, I find some time for some kind of stretching like yoga, even if it's only 20 minutes. I love it. So you just did cardiovascular exercise, got some stretching, flexibility work, and maybe a little strength training somewhere in there as well. And every day you're talking about it because you recognize that exercise is medicine. Uh, you know, I would agree with a lot of the greats when it comes to nutrition who say food is the most important of these two big pillars, right? I mean, that really you've got that the food is non-negotiable. The food has to happen. But I think that exercise, as you're suggesting, does so many amazing things for our body. You know, so when I say to folks, they'll be like, well, I don't know that I really need exercise. I don't want to exercise. And they have a miscomprehension. Uh, they think that exercise is putting on pink, pink spandex, going to the gym and sweating with people that you hate. Uh, and that first thing I always want to remind, remind people of is that exercise really can be either lifestyle exercise or leisure time exercise. You know, and that leisure time exercise might be the playing tennis, the going to the gym, the doing the yoga or Pilates, et cetera. But the lifestyle exercise is working activity into your day. 
whether it be when you go to the supermarket and you park way out so you have to walk in, right? Or whether it be, you know, we're doing work out in your yard if you have a lawn or if you, et cetera. So that you actually are working physical activity back into your life and not just eliminating it, you know, because since the, uh, you know, the industrial revolution, for many of us, we've literally taken movement out of our lives. And now we have to intentionally think about ways to get it back into our life, you know? And, and I think that's what I wanna encourage each of you is we're getting to this new year. This new year is always an exciting time to lay down some new good habits and exercise needs to be part of that because whether it be that you wanna play with your grandkids, right? Whether it be that you wanna be able to hike up a mountain, whether it be you wanna go up and down the stairs comfortably, whether it be that you wanna you know, have a little bit more lean muscle mass to feel good in your sweaters, you know, in your turtlenecks during the winter or whatever, it, you know, exercise has its place in your life. Yeah, a couple of people are saying, but it's too cold to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the beauty is you don't always have to go anywhere to do it. You know, the first place that you could do some exercise is the moment you wake up in bed. And if your bed partner doesn't mind it, right, you can begin to go up and down with your toes a few times, get the flexibility, get a little stretching in your calves, get some blood flowing back and forth through the body. Then immediately flip to your side, do some little sideline leg lifts, right? A few little clamshells, get some blood flowing around the hips into the low back and the abdominal region. And then from there, it's amazing how that can right away get the endorphins going just a little bit. And you start going, well, you know what? I could get up and maybe do a few squats. Maybe I could do a few little push-ups off the wall, right? And for those of your uh, you know, viewers that are more physically active, right? It's that motivation then to get rolling out of bed, start doing your CrossFit or your TRX or your full-on high-intensity training workouts. All of these things have their places depending upon what our personal goals are. You know, I wanted to throw one up here. This one, this is a great one, right? Use it or lose it how true this is. So there's something that's called sarcopenia. Write that down, everybody, and look it up later. It means age-related muscle loss. And it's a real problem for us as we age. And we want to be conscientious of that because when you lose lean muscle, you lose function, you lose cardiovascular endurance, and studies suggest that when you lose it, you increase your risk of mortality as well. So we want to keep as much lean muscle mass on that body as possible. And the key to that, is just what Chef AJ said, doing it something every day. Don't throw out the good because you can't do the perfect. That's the key here. Because many people go, well, I'd really love to blank, but I can't because my knee hurts. Or I'd love to go to the gym, but COVID, I can't this. So on and so forth, depending on what state you're in, et cetera. But the reality is you can always do something and that's better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what, you know, I remember like, you know, they say the best exercise is the one you'll actually do. Amen. That's right. So true. And, you know, I was thinking about this the other day that, you know, some people have it a little bit wrong. They think no pain, no gain. And that's not always true because there are different types of pain I want to address real quick, right? There's pain that is bad pain, right? Like you never exercise, suddenly you do, you have chest pain and you're short of breath. Well, that's not good, right? That could be that heart attack and you don't want that because you haven't exercising for years, you used to eat the standard American diet, whatever. So that pain is obviously bad. What else is bad? Well, if your joints swell, right? They become painful every time you exercise and they swell up, they feel unstable, they're catching, they feel loose, whatever it might be. No, 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 that's not good pain. But the pain that comes from being a little bit out of breath because you're pushing yourself a little further than you're accustomed to, or because you're, you feel a little soreness in your muscles as they're working hard, that's the pain that you want. You want to feel like you're pushing yourself a little harder 
than you're accustomed to. And that's where you get those health benefits and those muscular benefits. But don't forget, it is not overnight. That's another mistake people make. They go, gosh, Dr. Esther, I've been exercising for a week and I feel no different. Nothing's happened except for I'm sore. Well, the studies say that to really get muscular hypertrophy or changes in the muscles, it takes six to eight weeks of faithful exercise to really see meaningful change at the muscle level. The first couple of weeks, the nervous system just gets more efficient. So you do see some strength improvements, but it's not the full on muscular changes. Wow. I, you know, it's funny because like you said, the, the people, the food, it seems easier to get people to eat the food than it does to get them to move. Yes. And this is where I say to people, the key is identifying, what are they? Oh, you betcha, your reasons to exercise. So here's your little thing, write this down on a piece of paper, viewers, and write a list later today of your reasons to exercise. Again, is it you want to have more lean muscle? Is it because you want to be able to run a little faster after a grandchild or a child or beat the guy down the street in a race? Or is it that you want to be able to do the most pull-ups in your family, right? I still remember so well in my family, we get together for the big gatherings and holidays and it would always turn into the guys going out and the girls too and trying different pull-ups. Who could do the most pull-ups of the guys? Who does pull the girls? Most push-ups, things like that. It was always fun. But one of my uncles, I loved it. He was in his late 60s and he could beat all the young guns because he was practicing his pull-ups every day and he was crushing it and he was faithful and that made such a big difference. So write out your reasons to exercise. There are many of them that each of us can come up with and you know it might be that you want to look good for your spouse or significant other or that you're looking for a significant other. It might be like the, what we said being able to walk up the stairs. Maybe you want to have a little bit more of strength in your legs so that you can actually go on a hike. I had a patient a little bit ago they said you know I really want to go uh, you know do the what's called the the way of St. James right in, uh, in Spain and France, this beautiful hike tour. And they're like, but I need more muscle. I said, well, let me write a PT script, get you into PT to get started. And then they transitioned to the gym and boy, didn't they go off and they did several weeks of hiking and they did it and came back with photos and all these things it was wonderful. But they recognized they had a personal goal to achieve. And this is the other thing you need to write down. What are your reasons not to exercise? Because these are real. And if you don't know what they are, you cannot overcome them. So it's key to write these down. I've got all kinds of reasons not to exercise. I'm busy, I'm lazy, I'm sleepy. I'd rather do something else. I don't wanna sweat, you know, oh my gosh, the list goes on and on. I can't exercise the way I want to. As many of you may know, I used to be number one in the US in men's open doubles back in 2002. So I love to be on the tennis court for three hours, four hours a day. I love to be in the gym for two to three hours a day building muscle. I can't do that because I've got a busy practice, busy family, children, a million other things. So I've got to not go, oh, I can't do what I really want to. So yeah, forget exercise. No, I've still got to say, I've got to make a commitment, right? And even if that's getting up and doing my air squats, my push-ups, my dips, some little band exercises, et cetera, well, that's a win-win right there. Because I did something for my body. I then feel better and healthier. And then guess what? The healthier you feel, the more inspired you are to eat the healthy food. They just go hand in hand. You know, when you get that exercise in, the big salad, the fresh fruits, they taste amazing, far better than the greasy steak and the nasty fries and all this. You don't crave those as much because your body feels so clean. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just want to 
Let's see. I got a little super chat donation. Thanks to your inspiring talk from Susan. Ding, Thank ding, you. Ding. Thank you. See, look at you. I know what you mean. Uh, you know, people, it seems like, especially if they have excess weight or as they age, there there is some limited to, to what they can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's so true. And so, you know, as Jack Elaine used to say, right, you may have a bum knee, but that doesn't mean you can't exercise the other, <laughs> excuse me, 700 muscles you've got. So we've got to be careful of that because I had an unfortunate taste of that recently as I actually was doing fun circus tricks with my kids and I, I fractured my clavicle. And so it was kind of like, okay, well, for the next four to six weeks, I can't do upper body exercise. So am I going to sit on the couch or am I going to actually get up and work my legs more, right? So I put the bands around the ankles and started doing the little, you know, leg exercises and did small stuff, but that's money in the bank. So I like to say that every little thing you do is like a little moment of health. And if you put enough of these little moments of health together, they create a beautiful mural, like little dots of ink that all add up slowly to this gorgeous picture. And you've got to see it that way rather than focusing on just the one dot of ink and saying, well, I can't do that dot, so I'm out. You, know? you can do something, even if it's something simple like raising your arms up and down 20 times from a seated position, grabbing some little cans of beans and doing some little exercises from a seated position. This is all key for your health long-term and you deserve to be well. A simple thing I did a couple of years ago with Yale University, if you want something that's great, three to five minute little videos that get you exercise from a seated or standing position, it's called A-B-E-F-O-R Fitness. And if you just Google search A-B-E-F-O-R Fitness, A-B-E for fitness.com, or if you look up A-B-E for fitness, it'll come right up. And you'll see there are about 60 videos. They're three to five minutes in length. They're all free. You can just click on them and watch them. And I did it in conjunction with Yale University and the Walnut Growers of America about uh, 10, 15 years ago. So it's all out there for you all. Would this be on YouTube, we would find it? If you just Google search it, you'll see it. It's presently situated on a Yale website. Um, so just A-B-E for fitness, F-O-R fitness, and it'll come right up. Yep. Wait, I'm going to put that in the show notes, A-B. Oh, thanks. Good. A-B-E for F-O-R fitness. fitness. Wonderful. Yep. It'll come right up. So Kathy, who's watching live says, I hate exercise, but I know I need to. And I hear that a lot, Dr. Essen. People actually use the word hate when it comes to yep. exercise. Nobody says I hate eating. At least I, I haven't heard that yet. Right. And I think there are probably three parts to that. One is we as humans are intended to save our calories, aren't we? We want to be as uh, kind of uh, protective of our calorie stores as possible because it once was a way of survival. So really a relative laziness, uh, you know, protects us from using up excessive calories in a state of famine. But in America today, there's very little famine, right? There's a lot of feast is the problem. So we all put on extra calories. Number, that's number one. Number two is the initial activity of beginning a movement program right, can be very unpleasant because you want to remember that your body is efficient. So what's happened is your blood vessels have gotten a little smaller. Your respiratory function has declined. All of these changes, you become tighter, less flexible when you've not been active. So when you start to be active, you're actually pulling and tugging and moving things that haven't been pulled, tugged, and moved on for a while. And you, the, those little nerve cells go, no, 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 what are you doing to me? I don't like this. And that's okay. So what you want to do is, A, identify your reasons. That's key, I think. So you can use those as kind of the carrot or the clobbering to get you going and keep you going. Number two is 
develop relationships with other people who value exercise. That can be a nice thing. If you've got the finances and can afford an online or in-person trainer, that can be great. If you like going and watching videos like the ones I just said, or all the tons of videos that are on YouTube that kind of get people moving and you gel with a certain connection with a person, that can be great. Or if you like to meet up with one of your friends and go out for a walk, right? Or play tennis or something of that kind. So then it becomes a social engagement. You do want to remember something, exercise, especially moderate intensity exercise, has been shown to be as effective as antidepressants for depression. So we always want to figure that out too. How much of it is true hatred for exercise versus disliking discomfort? And I hate to lay this out, but sometimes I have to say to people the following. If you and I stay, stay hostage to our taste buds and to our feel-good self, we will never achieve our best selves. And I like to remind people, the reason to eat well and exercise is not for themselves. The reason to eat well and exercise is so you can be the healthiest version of yourself. So now you can live the rest of your life, whether it be as a boot maker, right? Whether it be as a politician, as an attorney, as a whatever, as a house mother, as a this, a million and a half things you might do with your life, whatever they are. The key is identifying the reason to eat well and exercise is so you can do the best in those themselves. And so I don't exercise because I love to exercise. I exercise because I like the end, what it gives to me, how I feel, how my function is, how my performance is, my ability is. So you do have to negotiate. I don't eat well either. I don't eat well just because I like to eat well. I like to eat well because it makes me feel well. And because I feel well, I can live the best life that I can. Plus, I know it's good for the environment and good for animals and all the rest, right? So we have to remember the reason that we're wanting to work exercise into our lives. And that's why you should make your own list. For me, I know my list, right? I know the things that motivate me. And I use those as the carrots to keep me going, right? That say, no, no, no. I want to be able to play with my children and grandchildren one day. I want to be able to beat the kids who come to my house to visit my ranch, right? And be like, come on, let's go for a race. Come on, go, 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 rather than the old guy who can't even run. That's not it. I want to be like my grandfather, who you may recall, right? Fourth generation plant-based. So my grandfather, who literally on his 70th birthday played every single member of the family up to four games in tennis, and he beat 75% of us. It was amazing, right? So he was 70, 75 at his birthday. And it was like, he played for three, four hours straight against all of us little kids and the adults and all the rest. It was awesome. You know, that's what I'd like to be able to do and have that level of function. Don't forget too, exercise, according to the Mayo Clinic studies, is one of the strongest preventives for Alzheimer's disease. So lots of reasons here that when you wake up in the morning or the middle of the day, or the end of the day, where you're like, oh, I don't want to do this. You go, well, yeah, but do you want a brain that functions well? Okay. Do you want a body that can carry you places? Oh, okay, so we've got to do this. But, but if you struggle, I, you know, reach out to friends. Develop those relationships. Have a workout buddy. Have an accountability partner. For many people, that's very helpful. Some of us are kind of islands to ourselves. We don't need that. But the rest of us, that can be really helpful. Well, we've got a couple people watching like Amber and Angela who are actually exercising while they listen to you. So that's oh, yeah. fantastic. I, I love what you said about the, you know, the being as ineffective as an antidepressant. And they, they've shown that in the research that, that it yes. is as effective as an antidepressant for both depression and anxiety. And that's how Dr. Lyle tricked me into exercise because he said, this is your psychiatric medicine, you know, right. and you don't have to like it. You just have to do it. But if you do it, you, you, you like it. And, and it's not so much that I like exercise. It's like, I dislike the effect of not exercising. That's it. 
this, this is it, right? Exercise is medicine, just what you just said. And, and I think it's fascinating because if you look at the literature, so women who exercise every day for about 30 minutes per day actually reduce the risk of breast cancer by half. And so it's, you know, the list goes on and on, right? We know for heart disease and type two diabetes, when you exercise, you burn up more blood sugars. When you exercise, you dilate your blood vessels. I tell a lot of my patients, you want to remember, you can eat that really healthy food, but if you're not dilating your blood vessels, then the highways that carry the food to the factories, your cells have a harder time because your blood vessels are so small and restricted, they're not opening up. But when you exercise, you get this vasodilation, this opening up of blood vessels everywhere. And that's why you sweat throughout your body. And so that sweat helps to detoxify, right? You get rid of excessive toxins out of the body and so on and so forth. So, so many reasons to exercise. And what we wanna do is make sure that you've got a list that's bigger of reasons to exercise than the reasons not to exercise, you know? Yep. That's pretty important. Oh, yeah. you, oh, you you just went away, Doctor Esther. I can oh, hear no. you, but yeah, you, you you I can't see you anymore. Maybe your camera got touched, or there you go. Very good. Oh, thank goodness. So uh, Nancy says, I don't like to do exercise by myself. This is why getting a buddy could work, and you can have an online buddy too. You doesn't have That's to right. be in person. That's right. There are so many neat online resources these days, everything from these, you know, fascinating things like the mirror, this, you know, high tech workout device where you stand in front of it and you can see yourself in a trainer uh, to people who love, you know, cycling, who can have online cycling coaches to, you know, as you suggested, even, um, you know, Zoom workout coaches, you know, uh, to, you know, it depends on what state you're in too, as far as many of the gyms, depending on the state are now open, right? It depends on the state you're in. So uh, all kinds of things, you know, yeah. uh, that you can do. You, you yeah. might find this, you, you probably won't be surprised and you might even know this statistic, but some people might find it fascinating. I don't like to give spoiler alerts, but I'm in the process of doing the interviews for the 2021 February Truth About Weight Loss Summit, of which you've been an expert before and will be again when we do your interview. And one of the people I interviewed for the first time is somebody named James Hill, who co-founded the National Weight Control Registry, where they study people who have not just lost weight, but kept it off. And guess what they found was the, the most biggest common denominator, because the people People that lost weight lost it in many different ways. Some lost it through mm -hmm. gastric bypass or doing diets that we don't think are healthy. So there was no con really consistency with okay. the diet, but what they all had in common was daily exercise of at least one hour to maintain weight loss was non-negotiable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it probably says a couple of things, right? One is you get that obviously great cardiovascular burn, the increase in lean muscle mass with increased metabolism. But also, as I suggested, the individuals who are willing to commit the time and the energy and to exercise on a regular basis are on average, very committed to other aspects of their health, right? Like the healthy nutrition, et cetera. They just go hand in hand. Uh, truly you and I were meant to exercise. When you go back to thinking about the origins of exercise, uh, it comes from a place where when we lived as primal beings, we would have to exercise to get our food, to obtain it. Uh, that was not an option otherwise. And so uh, really, you know, it's continuing to think about yourself in a way that gets you back to movement as medicine. And movement is fun too, right? Make sure you have fun with movement. One of my favorite ways to exercise, quote unquote, is to turn on some jams, to turn on some music, to crank it up and just be silly jogging in place, bouncing side to side, dancing in my home, 
because boy, doesn't that feel good to just let go, right? And be a little crazy. So much of our life, we have to be very controlled and do it just a certain way, et cetera. And when you get those music on and you're in your own home, you can just start dancing a little bit and have a little fun. And they come a little bit, uh, you know, foreign to you at first, but the more you do it, the more fun it becomes. And you get that heart rate up, which is key. And then, and it becomes a habit. And I think it's, I don't know how people do it later in the day. I got to tell you, if I didn't do it when I first waked up, I waked up, woke up, I would find every excuse not to do it. So for me, it had to be at least the first or the second thing after walking my dog, or it just, it won't get done. Cause the more I push it later in the day, it just gets pushed away forever. Well, and that's the beauty of knowing yourself. And I always hear that from you, Chef AJ, is, you know, you, you have spent a lot of time with introspection, right? Kind of evaluating yourself and, and where you are is allowed you to kind of create a life that's successful, you know, when it comes to your health. And I'd encourage all of your viewers, you know, get to know yourself if you don't already. Uh, where are your weaknesses, shortcomings, where are your strengths, et cetera. And this is a nice little mnemonic I encourage people to think about when it comes to exercise. It's called GROW. So you should write this down, right? So goal, what's your reality today? What are your obstacles to the change? And what's your will, right? Do you, are you feeling strong with your willpower or low on your willpower? But so GROW. So write that mnemonic down. It's a great a uh, simple mnemonic to use whenever you're thinking about a lifestyle intervention, uh, but in particular with exercise. So let's say you set a goal for yourself and you want to say that I'm going to, uh, you know, I'd like to be able to walk a 5K. Uh, well, what's your reality today? Can you walk that distance? And if you say, well, of course I easily can, well, maybe then the better goal would be the 10K if you have no knee or joint problems. Uh, but let's say you can't walk a 5K, you can only walk down the block and you're out of breath. Well, what are your obstacles, right? Is there some uncontrolled blood pressure that needs to be addressed? Do you have any congestive heart failure going on? Uh, are you just deconditioned? Do you not have the right shoe wear, right? What is it? And then where's your will? Are you feeling really motivated for this or is it more just a passing conversation? Uh, so use that simple mnemonic to help guide you in your exercise habits and uh, in developing new ones. Because one of the beauty of exercise is how it challenges us. Uh, it can discipline our body and our minds, and it can force you to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. I think that's why it's so powerful for Alzheimer's in the brain is that if you're doing different forms of exercise, you're having to coordinate your brain, your thoughts, your movement, your muscles, your bones, all working in different and new ways. So keep thinking about that and maybe mix it up a little bit. They talk about muscle confusion uh, as one concept that, uh, you know, you do something for about a month or two till your body gets used to it and then you change it all up and you do new exercises and, and vary it. Because there's so many options out there, aren't there, right? So if we think about uh, the federal guidelines, they say cardiovascular exercise 150 minutes a week. They say strength and flexibility two to three times per week. Now, these are the governmental recommendations for all adults. And the cardiovascular exercise, you can get it in as little as 10 minutes at a time, uh, all the way up to you know an hour at a time, as Chef AJ was talking about with her routine. I would say, too, is don't forget that as you do the strength and flexibility work, you can combine those also uh, with different forms. So for example, if you're gonna do some curls or tricep extensions with weights, you can stand on one foot while doing them. So you're actually getting some flexibility or, or forgive me, balance work uh, at the same time. So try to get a little bit of each of these because they each have health benefits. We know the cardiovascular, we said for the heart, for the lungs, for the blood vessels, et cetera, uh, strength for the bones. 
Uh, we've seen some recent studies, as we know, that uh, people who eat more plant-based diets have higher rates of osteoporosis. Uh, we know that women over the age of 35 or so begin to lose bone mineral density by 1% per year. Uh, the beauty of strength training is that if you do it regularly, it can actually increase bone mineral density and maintain by 1% per year. So it offsets that native loss that occurs with hormones dropping. So that strength training stuff, historically, many women don't do enough of. So that's definitely somewhere to be thinking about for you. Start with body weights initially, uh, then use some light weights in your hands, uh, and then slowly build up to whether it be machines or the like, that you're actually putting some real duress uh, through the bones to help build them and keep them strong. And, you know, I think, you know, my mom had dementia, probably Alzheimer's, but it was a long time ago. So they, they weren't really making the distinction back then. And she never exercised. And I, I remember interviewing the Cher's eyes and just to me, just to avoid Alzheimer's is a good enough reason to exercise. And they talked right. about how, especially the long muscles in the legs, those yeah. are the ones that really have to be engaged. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting because you think about our youth as youths, we're running, we're playing, we're jumping, we're climbing trees, right? We're dancing, we're doing all kinds of fun and playful things. Then we get many of us into young adulthood, adulthood, and let's say we have jobs, we have children, and we begin to initially sit more. You, know, you have little kids, you chase them. But then after that, you're sitting a lot. And people in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, my grandfather, one of his great flyers that's on my website, Esser Health, it says, men and women in your 50s and 60s don't go on the shelf. Right, because there's this mentality uh, that oh well, you know, I'm 15, 60. I, you know, it's socially appropriate for me to sit now. And it's like, yeah, no, it's not. It's socially appropriate. You should be up and running and playing and interacting and being silly. Uh, we need to not lose sight of that. And the long muscles, as you were suggesting, really get their work when we're doing more significant movements and activities. Right, not just walk sit, walk sit. Uh, they can stay very tight still. Yeah, we've become so much more sedentary as a society with all the technological advances. Are you familiar with that movie, WALL-E? Maybe one yes. of your kids saw it. And that, that's really what's going to happen where they, they were just, they're obese and their recliners and everything was brought to them. And, yeah. and that, that, I mean, that's kind of happening now in a way, you know, there, there's, oh. I, it's interesting how like, you know, I, I, for most of my life before I became a chef, I was an activity director at a retirement home and they had to have special chairs that mechanically People could right. not, once they sat right. in a chair, they, they literally could not get up off the chair yep. or off the toilet anymore. Right. Well, it breaks my heart, right? Because I see 30 to 40 patients a day in clinic and these patients come in and so many of them, especially right now in COVID come in and they go, Dr. Esser, I put on the COVID-15, right? Or the COVID-20. And I'm just like, oh no, right? I mean, we know that obesity increases the risk of coronavirus, first of all, but we also know that one pound above the waist equals three to 10 on each knee, on each hip, on each ankle. And if you're obese, you increase your risk of a hip or a knee replacement by 500%. I mean, that is huge. And so what is scary is that the New England Journal of Medicine just published an article last year that said that by 2030, 50, pretty much 50% of Americans will now be obese. That's unbelievable. And that severe obesity will be the number one category in women, Blacks, Hispanics, and low-income individuals. That's severe obesity. So like, whoa, what just happened, right? Because we know that in 1980, there was not a state that had more than 15% of its populace were obese. And now we're gonna be at 50%. So holy cow. So that's why the work that you're doing, Chef AJ, right, is so crucial that every one of the viewers out there, you need to share this message with the people that you love and care about 
because if this is not addressed, right, our nation does not stand to do well. Right. And our people do not stand to do well, that we love and care about so much. So yeah, exercise is such an essential part, as you suggested, of weight maintenance. It's like, yes, food itself will make you lose huge, you know, the most weight, et cetera. But for maintaining that weight loss, exercise is integral. And also just to feel good in your skin. And again, as I mentioned several times earlier, right, that exercise continues to inspire you to eat well. It just goes hand in hand. They're like two good friends. What I do, I think it builds self-esteem and willpower. It makes it easier to stick to a healthy eating plan. Mary says, I know this is in my head. It's just the getting started part that trips me up. That's it. And the key is just to step out in faith and try something. Do something. Uh, Those little videos that we put on there, right? Do those right? That little video of ABE for fitness, those are the ones, just do them. Yeah. And, and I post, I posted the link uh, in the show notes or we'll post it in the show notes. They're posted in the chat right now. Yeah. And so that you don't need any equipment, any tools, you don't need any bikes or things that or the other. So just start with one of those every day. There's three to five minutes. You do one every day, then go to twice a day. And now maybe you'll feel ready to start doing something a little bit more, right? A little different and talk to friends and family. You know, it's funny. We don't have, how many parties or gatherings or whatever have you been to over the years, which people said, Hey, what kind of exercise do you really enjoy? It's not really a common topic. I mean, you might say, well, I hate this, or I'm doing my running schedule every day, or I'm doing this. You might talk about it, but how often do you actually say, what do you enjoy? Right? What have you found that's creative? What do you have that's fun? You know, and we need to do that more. We need to share with each other the things that we found that have kept us inspired and encouraged, just like sharing healthy recipes and said, I just tried this new healthy recipe. It was amazing. You should try it too. Um, And the same with the exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Carrie says, I've been working on push-ups since early December. Haven't noticed any difference in my arms, but I noticed it's much easier to get my KitchenAid down and put it away. (laughs) So that's nice. And and Claire says, if you aren't strong enough for pull-ups, how do you develop that strength to do a pull-up? Well, the first is just start with some curls down here and just do your curls here. Yeah, little by little, building up a little bit of strength. Next, what you can always do is if there's a strong branch or a pole or a pull-up bar that's, you can have a little lower so you can, you know, take half your body weight. So stand on one foot and slowly go up and down like that, right? Uh, And usually just by slowly increasing. Now, if you have access to a gym, many gyms actually have pull-up type machines where you kneel and you put a little pin in. So it takes a certain amount of weight off and you start like that. So you do half your body weight or a third of your body weight and slowly build up. But yes, I mean, pull-ups are wonderful exercises for your upper body, but they're not for everybody and they're not required, uh, you know, necessarily. See, a lot of people, let's say you can't do pull-ups or can't do push-ups, et cetera. There's a great website I like. I have no affiliation with them, but I've often bought stuff from them. They've always done good work for me. It's called powersystems.com. And they've got all of the home gym equipment you can imagine, all the bands and the lightweights and all this stuff. And so if you just go to powersystems.com, you can buy a couple long bands. You can hook on you know, into your doorway or wherever and start doing some simple little exercises. Uh, and those are, are real, again, just getting blood flow, getting the muscles pumping. That's the first place to start. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a question from April. Does anyone know of a good plus size yoga program? I'm going to post a link to a guy I heard of who's 700 pounds and is still doing yoga. The thing that's nice about yoga is you can, it doesn't matter what you weigh, especially if you have a good teacher, because yoga, you, you listen to your body and it's customizable. And there's two kinds of yoga that, that I think it's easier if you have excess weight. One is called yin and one is called restorative because you're, you're on the floor. So you're, it's very, very gentle. So yoga is one of the best places to start, I think. 
Right. Yeah. Very simple. Yeah. I love Pilates as well. Like Pilates on a reformer. Of course you have to have access to that. Right. Et cetera. And of course, you know, for those of you who have access water, I love water getting into a pool and water jogging. If you have joint issues, that's a great place to start. Just gently water jogging every day, a little bit, whether it be the ocean, the lake or a pool um, and getting weight off of the joints and beginning to get moving, getting blood flow and circulation. That can be a real delight as well. You know, the thing I, you know, I hear, I'm, I can hear, the people I talk to, their excuses. And one of the things they always say is they don't have time to exercise, but they always have time to eat and they always have time to sleep and they always have time to be on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> so they just, yeah, I mean, the exercise couple- is just they don't have time for. That's right. A couple of things you said that were right on target. One was, uh, you know, like some of your viewers were biking or walking or whatever they're doing. They're exercising while they're listening to this. I loved what you said. You see, you've got a sense of where your priorities are. And that's key that we do that with ourselves. You said, I treat myself to my cell phone while I am exercising. Well, there you go. There you go. That's what you do. So we've got to reject this notion that we are adolescents. We are not most of us on this call. We are not rebelling against something and trying to be, oh, I want to do it my way. It's like, no, 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 stop. This has already been worked out. Exercise is important and nutrition is important. Stop trying to do some weird thing your own way, like a 12-year-old, right, who's rebelling against their parents they hate. So it's key. Many of us, I feel like, develop these habits of thinking in our brain of little 12-year-old or 13-year-olds rebelling against our children. The people, for example, who I talk to and go, well, mm-hmm, look at me. I just ate that steak, Dr. Esther. Ha, 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 right? They think it's so funny. I'm like, well, I don't, you're, it doesn't bother me. You can eat what you want, right? <laughs> you're the one harming yourself. So we've got to make sure that we are embracing this model of that we, we, you and I, we want the best for ourselves. And so exercise, really stop rebelling against it. Stop rejecting it. Instead, start identifying what are reasons to do it and what are ones, like types of exercise you're willing to do. So and work, treat yourself, right? Like you just said, to that iPhone, to that iPad, to that movie, to that YouTube video, to that comedy central piece, whatever it might be that you're going to listen to while you do it, right? Because now you're treating yourself something fun and playful as you're doing something that you don't find is fun and playful. But over time, you may begin to enjoy and appreciate more. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Pauline says, I miss pickleball so much. That was my exercise COVID shutdown indoor and winter shutdown outdoor here in Maine. That's why you got to live in the desert like me, Pauline, because COVID did not shut down pickleball here. And uh, that's the other thing. I love pickleball. And so I can, I mean, right now I have a torn rotator cuff, but, but before I would play for three hours and I was getting exercise, but I wasn't thinking, oh my God, I'm exercising because it's so much fun. It's, 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 it's playing a game. And I think that if people think back to what they like, as a kid, they must have done something. Maybe it was swimming or riding a bike or being on a pogo stick and, and sure. just make it fun. You know, just, or just like you say, just put on some music and go crazy for like 10 minutes or a rebounder. But I do believe there's something everybody could do if they, even with any level of debility, if they really made it a priority. And I say, if you got time to watch this broadcast, you got time to exercise because you can be doing it at the same time. You can be getting up and down from your chair and stretching That's and right. things like that. Well, yeah. that pickleball question, that's a great one. What you could do, right, is take a little pickleball with your paddle and, you know, jog in place slowly, tapping the pickleball up and down, right? Pancake, we call it, right? And then start volleying it against the wall, you know, for a full minute, backhand, forehand, work on your form against your wall in your garage or wall in your house or apartment, you know? So, you know, keep those pickleball skills up so you're ready for the summer. 
yeah. for your viewer. Susan says, I can't go a day without exercising. You know, I don't think any other species doesn't move. You know, I mean, like even even when you have rats or hamsters in a cage, if you give them a wheel, like you don't right. actually have to tell them to go and wheel. It's true. Yeah, maybe that hibernating bear or the sloth, but that's about <laughs> everybody else. You're right. They they move. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I wonder if 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 not if liking exercise is somewhat genetic because you you seem to have had well good health in general but but fitness also modeled for you and some of us come like i mean right. my parents didn't exercise at all like that wasn't right. a thing it was all scholastic stuff that was important and i yeah. i think that like the the earlier you can encourage a child to to not ex exercise because you know now they're giving like four-year-olds fitbits i think that's a bit right. much but just just to go out and play see that's the other thing see when i was little we actually went outside and play now right. this is this is all this is the only exercise most kids get today. absolutely i completely agree with you and so you and i and the, your viewers viewers out there we have to be part of this answer because we know that for youth today uh, we've seen a two to three hundred percent increase in obesity in youth which is unheard of right we never had this problem before and now it is a real an actual problem and as you suggest it's from individuals remaining inside and spending time with passive entertainment on electronic sources instead of getting the physical activity and exercise that they need. And I agree with you. I, I think it's very dangerous what we're seeing. We're now seeing this huge divide where you've got, okay, well, I'm the exercise type, right? I'm on my travel soccer team, plus I do volleyball, plus this. And then you've got the person over here who does no sports. What it used to be that just movement, playing together, being outdoors was what people did. And we've got to work together to collectively get exercise movement back into people's lives. But I agree with you from my perspective is that movement was modeled for me as something that was playful, enjoyable, fun. It was never something of like, oh, uh, my father and my mother never said, oh, I have to exercise today. Boo. I don't want to have to do this. It was always, come on, let's do this together. Let's go. Right. Or was my father doing his exercises, et cetera. It was my mother doing hers. And I'd see that as something valuable that they valued and they spent time with. So remember, if there are people in your life right now, whether it be your spouse, your significant other, whether it be children, grandchildren, et cetera, you have an opportunity to be a model for them. They are your circles of influence. So you can have an influence on them. So even the gifts you give, right? We're in this holiday season and a lot of people I bet gave gifts that encourage people to sit in place, right? Like video games and iPads or iPhones and things like that. And it's like, I was very careful that with my, you know, siblings, children, or my, et cetera, was trying to give them things that encourage either, as you said, activity here alone, right? Stuff, but, or physical activity, especially to get the family involved together with playing and being outdoors, et cetera. So just think about that. If, you know, somebody's, uh, you know, birthday's coming up, et cetera, maybe you give them some, you know, a, a session of blank, like a session of yoga, right? As a gift card or a, a lesson in pickleball we talked about, right? Or a, a session with a personal trainer to experience it or whatever it might be, or who knows what, or some playful thing like an outdoor adventure. If you're near a whitewater rafting or this, that, or the other, I mean, we've got to all get back out there, uh, you know, especially as the world begins to hopefully open up in the next couple of mo months more and more, uh, getting back to living our lives with exercise included in it and modeling it to the next generation as fun and enjoyable so that we can leave our mark in their minds and in their hearts and in their bodies, right, for years to come. You know what? I, I don't have kids, but if I did, I think that the only way I'd let them watch TV or use their iPad or iPhone is if it was connected to like a treadmill. And the only way they could power it is if they were moving. 
That's right. And there are those little kits for that. You can actually purchase online and can generate a little electricity and make a television, you know, kind of work, et cetera. Yeah. That, that, let's see how many people would actually watch TV then. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's funny. Right. Joe says, how much protein do you need if you're lifting weights and want to build muscle? The first thing to focus in on is I like people to sit down and, you know, track. Uh, first of all, depends on your goals. That's what I'd say. So if your goals are weight loss, I'm really not worried about how much protein you're getting. I'm worried about your micronutrient density. I'm worried about the total caloric intake that you're having. That's more what I'm considering and worried about. Uh, Once you fine tune that, so let's say you're at a healthy weight between that 18 to 22, 18 to 24, whatever BMI, your waist hip circumference is good. You don't have a lot of visceral fat. You have no major, you know, chronic lifestyle related diseases. Now's the time to focus in on some lean muscle mass, you know, enhancement. And often, especially if you're fully plant-based, it's more about total calories than it is about protein consumption. Uh, so if you're just not getting enough total calories, like let's say you're working out two, three hours a day and running and doing strength training, you might just be burning more calories uh, than your body actually really needs more. So I encourage people to go online, you calculate your BMI and then calculate your basic metabolic rate or your BMR. Once you have your basic metabolic rate, you can write this down. There's something called the Harris-Benedict equation, and that's on most websites. And it's a little coefficient that you multiply times your basic metabolic rate. So let's say if I calculated my basic metabolic rate, it's around 2,800 calories for me, right? Because I'm a very active guy, tall and lanky, et cetera. And so then I take that and I multiply that times a little coefficient uh, of how active I am. So you put in your height, your white weight, your age, your gender, and that gives you your basic metabolic rate, uh, which is the amount of calories that you burn just kind of living in nature. Uh, and then you do the Harris-Bendick equation. It's not perfect, but it's a great place to start. And so if you're wanting to, let's say you're very slender, you're eating 100% plant-based, because um, you can usually tell the people that eat a 100% whole food plant-based program, the cheekbones show a little bit, right? And they tend to be on the leaner side. And if you're wanting to put on more lean muscle mass, then look at your total caloric intake. And if you're achieving your what's required, then you can say, well, maybe I should play with my protein a little bit as well uh, and see if that enhances uh, kind of lean muscle mass building. And don't forget six to eight weeks of faithfully exercising three to five days per week of strength training before you should expect to see a change. So that's the other. If you're just strength training two days a week for 15, 20 minutes, that's not going to build a lot of lean muscle mass. It'll get a nice thin lean muscle, but it's not going to build bulk if that's what you want. So Deborah says, can you exercise if you have blood, high blood pressure? Yes, you can. You just want to have controlled high blood pressure, right? So number one is if your high blood pressure is related to diet, which it is for most Americans, the first thing you want to do is do what Chef AJ and I recommend, right? A healthy living program. Uh, I encourage people who want to get off blood pressure medicines to do my little four-week detox. I have a little written out four-week program that's on esserhealth.com. It's a couple bucks to download it. Everything's written there, what to eat, how to manage to eat, you know, where to buy it, et cetera. Um, But the simple idea there is to help you get off blood pressure medicines quickly. So about 80% of people get off their blood pressure medicines in four weeks who do my program. Chef AJ has wonderful books you can purchase, right, with guided programs in there as well. Uh, These are outstanding. You want to do something that gets you off the blood pressure medicine, ideally, so that now your blood pressure is in a healthy range. Now, 
if you, at your resting, you have high blood pressure, like 150s, 160s, just at rest, well, then when you exercise, that could put you up into a dangerous level, right? It's too high. It goes in the 200s, two, 220s, et cetera. That's not where you want to be. That's a dangerous level. So you want to get off the blood pressure medicine, ideally first, which can happen very quickly if you do what Chef AJ and I recommend. Um, and then, you know, gently exercise, you know, moving forward from there. Um, but again, if you have very well-controlled blood pressure on blood pressure medicine, uh, you certainly can also exercise gently and slowly increase. The mistake people make is they violate the twos. That'd be to go too far, too fast, too soon. That's the mistake you can make. So if you're not an exerciser and you suddenly go, I'm going to go for a two mile run, you know, and I'm going to put this metronome on and go super fast on my elliptical. Yeah. Not the best choice. Uh, that's where you can get into trouble. So, or I'm going to go to the gym and work out for three hours with weights. Not a good choice. Uh, you want to go slowly. You want to build up progressively and then you want to keep on going. Nice. John says, could you tell us where you can find the study that people who eat plant-based have a higher incidence of osteoporosis? So there are a whole lot of different studies over the last number of years that tended to show that individuals who were more plant-based, vegan, vegetarian, et cetera, tended toward lower bone mineral density, whether it be related to their lower body mass index, right? Because the one advantage of being very overweight is it's pulling on your bones constantly. So you're getting almost some resistance training all day, or whether it be related to slightly lower levels of estrogen that plant-based women tend to have, right? So they have lower levels there, or whether it be related to the lower vitamin D status or lower, slightly lower calcium quantity calcium stores, et cetera. There are a lot of different reasons. Now we want to always, you know, and so if you just go to scholar.google.com, you can pull up uh, several uh, nice articles, you know, just put in osteoporosis and vegan or vegetarian, et cetera. Now I do think that Michael Greger and recently Brenda Davis have both written some great pieces and done some great little videos uh, about this topic. And I'd encourage you to just uh, search those. Do you have any favors that favorite that you like I just don't like to listen. Topic? I don't want to even hear that. So I don't even listen. <laughs> I just, ignore I mean, well, you know, I ignore it because I mean, it is what I just, I don't know. I just, sometimes the right. science just gets a little bit, you know, it's like that, you know, that saying how many angels can dance on a head of a pin. I mean, I'm, I'm not, nothing's going to switch me from eating the diet I'm eating just, just for ethics alone. And right, right. you know, it's for me, it's, even if it was the trade-off, it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know what to tell you. I, I just, right. it, it, sometimes it's overwhelming all the science, you know, because like, right. you know, all, you know, all these things you have to, you know, just, just eat a whole food plant-based diet, get some sunshine, get some exercise. You know, I, I think right. sometimes we just make it so difficult that it makes it too hard for anybody to do. Well, and I encourage people to stop and go, what are my risks? Right. And so for some ladies who have a strong family history of osteoporosis, right? Or poor bone neural density. The classically is the slender white female, right? Who's over the age of 60. You just need to be real. In other words, you need to be doing your strength training with your bones every day, right? As a preventive. And then you need to be working on your balance, flexibility and reaction time. Because osteoporosis really is not much of a concern if it's moderate level anyway. You don't fracture a bone on average just walking around. You fracture a bone when you fall and land on your hip, right? Or do something of that kind. And who is at higher risk of that? These are the people who have very poor reaction time, who lack strength and flexibility. So they're hobbling along, right? They try to turn suddenly and boom, down they go. In fact, this was well shown in one of the studies, the Buddhist nun studies, right? Where they took free living Thai women and they had Buddhist nuns. The Buddhist nuns who lived in a monastery on average were all vegan. And it was interesting to see they had slightly lower bone mineral density, more toward osteopenia and osteoporosis. 
And then they had the free living Thai women who ate more of a conventional program of Thai food. But the rates of fractures was actually higher in the free living Thai women and in the Buddhist nuns it was lower. And they said, well, why is this? Well, it's because the Buddhist nuns were all doing Tai Chi and balance work and exercise every day. So all their, although their bone mineral density may be a little lower, their actual risk of morbidity of fracture, et cetera, was also lower because they were more conditioned. So I would focus in on the conditioning piece, which will help your bone mineral density and reduce your risk of fractures. Yeah. Um, Pat Patrizia says, have you ever come across someone who couldn't thrive being 100% plant-based and is better off with some animal food? And if so, why would that be? I never have, but I've heard people tell their stories of that, right? And on average, it's individuals who didn't like the social pressure they felt from their family members, or they just never developed a, a, a taste and a habit for you know, healthier foods. Uh, you do want to remember there is a transition phase for all of us. We're, if we change our fuel out and you're going from you know, this thick diesel to unleaded you know, or high test healthy, your, your taste buds take time to change. Your neural chemistry takes time to change. You know, the actual cellular process of your body takes time to change. Your machinery has been running on a certain type of fuel, let's say for years or decades, and now you're changing it. So many people in that first 30 days, 90 days, three months, they give up. They go, I tried it. I just didn't feel good. And when I went back to blank, I felt much better. Uh, the reality is, A, there's a transition time. And B, there's varied foods. You can change them up. You can mix them up. It's crucial that you don't go, well, I'm just going to eat you know, some iceberg lettuce with carrot sticks and a little hummus and call it a day. And that's my plant-based program. No, that's completely inadequate for what your body may need. And so it's crucial to think about that, right? And say, am I getting enough of the micronutrients that my body requires? Is it that you need some flaxseed added in there? Is it that you need different types of beans added to your program that you're not getting enough of? Is it that you need more of those deep green vegetables because you're only having a salad per day? You know, there's so many aspects of a plant-based diet. That's what's wonderful. There's so much variety. So be willing and open to trying a dynamic version. Excuse me. What I would encourage you to try is different variations on the theme and see how you feel. But the health benefits of a plant-based program are so unequivocally clear, are so inarguably clear, right? That it's one of those things where you do want to be eating that plant-based program and really focus in there. That's great. There's a lot of questions on rebounding. Like Susan says, is that enough exercise to do? Do you rebound? How do you feel about rebounding? I think rebound is wonderful. It's a nice uh, you know, thing to do. Uh, but I don't think that uh, any exercise has you know, been handed down from Mount Zion as the one and only exercise that fixes everything. Uh, but I do think it's nice. And if you enjoy it, I think that's a wonderful thing. Keep doing it. But not if you uh, have again, I, 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 I think I remember this from when I hosted the GI Health Summit. If you have like prolapsed organs, not so good, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. So anything like that, I mean, clearly is not ideal. So prolapsed uh, uterus or, uh, you know, bladder, obviously the repetitive bouncing can be an issue. Uh, you know, so yeah, we'd avoid that. Yeah. I, I, you know, my, my, there, there's so many people watching that the, 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 it's what's called the chat that I see. It, it disappears. But I do remember seeing a question from somebody worried about if they started exercising, they'd get stretch marks. And it's sort of like when I hear people saying, well, I'm afraid to lose weight because then I'll have loose skin. But you're not afraid to you know, be overweight because of those risks. So um, I, what well, here's of? what I'd say. Two things I'd say about stretch marks. Number one is, is that we still love you. Stretch marks and all. We still love you. And the most important people in your life that really respect and appreciate you, they'll love you with stretch marks too. 
And I'd encourage you to love yourself with stretch marks. You know, it's funny. I, you know, having been in this as long as I have now, as many years as I've seen, you know, I used to hang out as a little boy at my grandfather's ranch, right? 30 people at a time staying there. And I'd listen to the conversations he'd have with every patient, et cetera, and listen to his lectures. And the reality is you and I are not seeking perfection. Don't seek that. Seek vital health. Seek excellent health. Seek the best version of you. And sometimes, you know what the best version of you will be? It'll be with one eye, with a broken limb, with a prosthetic limb below that, and some urinary incontinence. And if that's the case, and you've got a big smile on your face, and you're eating the healthiest you can and doing the best you can, so be it. It's okay. But don't seek perfection. It's like the people who say, well, I want to get in the pool, but I'm embarrassed because I weigh so much. I don't want to go in there. I'm too embarrassed. No, don't be embarrassed. You're the one actually getting out there and doing it. That's right. And anybody, anybody who matters, anybody who's anybody is going to see you get in that pool and go, you freaking rock. You go, girl. You go, guy. That's exactly what, when I see a heavy person exercise, that's exactly my thought. I don't think like, ooh, look at them. I'm like, good for them. That's that's always what I used to think when I used to take group exercise classes. I always felt like so proud of them. So yeah, that's weird that that that's what they think about themselves. Well, we have that whole media, right? All those movies from the past mocking heavy people and all that garbage, right? And, And that's, we need to let all that go because that's deep inside it for all of us, isn't it? Because it's how we've been programmed. And that's crucial, right? Spending time with the psychology, right? So I encourage people to get some of those books like on cognitive behavioral therapy. There's some of those cognitive behavioral therapy workbooks on Amazon. I love them. That it's like, there's one I like a lot. It's like a seven week, uh, you know, kind of revamp of your brain. And it's really good. And it gets you thinking about what are my false fixed beliefs about myself? What are my personal fears? Where do they come from? And, and what, what am I really scared of and worried about? You know, are you scared to go on a plant-based program because, you know, you were always told by your uncle Joe that people who did that were a bunch of, you know, spiritual, crazy, blah, blah, blahs, or, or that if you do that, you know, your spleen will fall out, you know, or whatever bizarro thing you were told. And it was just like, yeah, no, no. So we've got to know what our false fixed beliefs are so that we can, we can address them. That's really crucial. So, you know, don't worry about the stretch marks. I will love you. Chef AJ will love you. The important people will love you and you can do it. And who's going to see them anyway, unless you're naked for the most part, right? Mm, that's right. Yeah. I mean, depending on where they are, I suppose. So <laughs> as Susan says, how do you feel about the total gym for a home gym? I think it's a nice, it's a nice workout thing. Yeah. I like it. I mean, I like a lot of those. A lot. Again, as you said earlier in the program, the number one thing is get something that you're willing to use and are going to faithfully use. You don't want to get something you're going to hang your laundry on or stick in the corner. So I encourage people go try it somewhere, you know, use it at a friend's house, whatever it might be, pick it up at a yard sale, cheap, whatever, get a lower version, make sure you're really committed and into it. I mean, I said to my, uh, you know, my wife a while back, cause we were thinking about getting a renewing our gym membership, but we hadn't been using it much just because of busyness. And I said, sweetheart, I think what we should really do is once for a hundred days straight, we've been doing the program we're doing at home. We then, you know, commit to the gym, right. And, and buy it and, you know, pay for the membership. Because uh, gyms love this time of year on average, right? It's because everybody says, I'm going to go to the gym and they all, they all pay for the gym membership. Now, this year will be different with COVID probably for them. Uh, you know, but in the past, right, people would sign up for the gym membership and then a month they'd stop or in two months they were no longer there. Uh, but I would encourage you, whatever you're going to pick up, whatever you're going to start doing, make sure you've researched it well. It fits into your home. You have a place where it can fit and you make it accessible to you. It, it shouldn't be out in your garage where it might be hot or cold or uncomfortable or this, unless your garage is built out and insulated and nice and you've got music out there and you're going to make it a nice environment that you'll really enjoy. 
That's great. Tiffany says, how do we strengthen weak wrists so that we can do push-ups? Yeah. So the wrist really is not meant to be in this position excessively loaded. So if you are one of those people who are loose ligamented, a simple test to that, you can try to bring your thumb, pull it down to your wrist. If you easily can, that means you're loose jointed and loose ligamented. So you can pull it down like that against your thumb. I can't. Uh, but if you can, that means you have loose ligaments. That means that when you go to do a push-up, you're going to put too much stress through your wrist. So I encourage people actually to do their push-ups if their wrists bother them doing it on the edge of a stair. So they're wrist is actually straight, right? So they're just holding it. Or you can use some dumbbells with keep your, your wrists go around the dumbbell, right? So your wrist is straight like that. Uh, and do it with a straight wrist so that it's not cocked backwards. Yeah. So you can also do some little wrist braces if you want, uh, you know, offline that just little Velcros around to do some little push-ups like that. But start your push-ups also, like I said, pushing against a countertop and then maybe a chair. So you're going a little lower and then down to a footstool and then down to the ground all the way. And you may find that over time, your wrists do get a little stronger doing that. But if it bothers you every time when your wrists are all the way back, then keep your wrists straight and have something in your hands, like I said, like a weight or the rest. Uh, so you can have your wrists straight, not bent back. Mm-hmm. Here's a question from Claire. I know the answer. Does Dr. Esser count calories? And you can, you can answer on behalf of every plant-based expert in the world. It's going to be the same answer. Absolutely not. <laughs> and the reason why is because if you're eating a truly 100% whole food, minimally processed plant-based program, uh, you don't have to focus on calories. You focus on food and you eat it, you celebrate it, you enjoy it, and you eat when you're hungry and your body will tell you when it's hungry. So only, and so this is where it's key. Chef AJ mentioned this earlier about depression and things like that. You do need to make sure that you are addressing underlying emotional or mental health problems though. Because why? Because you can get into trouble with choosing the more calorically dense foods exclusively where you start going, I'm just going to eat nuts and dried fruit all day, right? And now you just ate 2000 calories worth of cashews. Well, that's not what we're talking about. But if you're eating a truly varied, you know, micronutrient dense plant-based program, you don't have to focus on calories. It's so liberating. It sets you free. It redevelops that healthy relationship with food. I tell my patients, you cannot name a single animal that controls how much it eats. It eats until it's full and then it stops. That's what it does, but it eats the food that it is intended for. That's the key. And so we have grinding molar teeth, weak stomach acid, long intestines. We have opposable thumbs without claws, with no fangs, and we lack uricase. There is almost nothing physiologically or anatomically about us that suggests we're intended to eat meat and fatty foods on a regular basis. And all the other food, food that we've designed in our culture is not food. It is food-like substances of addiction. That's what it is. And so we want to say, is this really intended for me? So the long story short is celebrate the, your diet, celebrate your life and eat minimally processed whole plant-based foods and identify a program that helps you to maintain the body weight that's a healthy body weight for you, right? So what I eat, for example, may not be exactly what Chef AJ eats, right? or what some of my other patients that I take care of eat. We may eat slightly different versions of a whole food plant-based program, but it's not one that's geared on counting calories. It's one that looks at caloric density based on what our goals are and our levels of activity are. Yeah, beautifully said. Maybe on the summit, you can talk more about that because it seems to be people just don't understand that counting calories and portion control never works. Yeah. And not for long-term management. That's for maybe, maybe well, for and it, becomes so, it becomes so obsessive that we lose focus on why we're eating to begin with. 
which should be for survival and energy and then for fun and playfulness rather than being like, oh, I've got to count every little calorie in and out. No, 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 no. That's not what you're meant to be doing. You're meant to be focused on the color of your loved one's eyes and you're meant to be dancing with your significant. You're meant to be focused on teaching ABCs to the little kid or cleaning up trash at the beach or these, that's where you're meant to be. So you're meant to eat that wonderful food, not be sitting around obsessing about caloric intake. Right. Somebody, uh, some people said that to me this, this, uh, this uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas time, et cetera, you know, Hanukkah time, et cetera. They're like, well, what am I going to eat on these big celebratory occasions? I go, I don't really care what you eat. I care about what you eat every other day of the year. Right. But if that one day of the year or two days of the year, you eat whatever, who cares? Unless you are right food addicted and it's going to immediately take you down a rabbit hole. That's a different thing. But it's like the person who says, what do I eat when I go to Italy? I go, I don't care what you eat in Italy unless you live in Italy. I care about what you eat the other 300 days, 350 days of the year. Focus on those. But that is a mind trick. That is the right side of your brain trying to mess you up. And it's saying to you, oh, oh, I'll never be able to make it through Christmas or Hanukkah or, or through you know, Thanksgiving or my birthday. So I may as well not even eat healthy. And it's like, yeah, no, I can eat healthy. And if I want to eat unhealthy on that given day, who cares? Fine, move on. But- don't do it if you are food addicted, right? Like the alcoholic who might say, well, I can drink as much as I want on Christmas, but really it takes them whoop, right down into that dark hole. But if you're not food addicted, then if you had a little piece of blank on Christmas, who cares? Now eat healthy the next day, you know? For me, I chose not to eat unhealthy things. If you saw my Instagram post, etc., you saw what I ate on these different holidays. And the reason why is because I feel really good when I eat that way. So why would I want to eat the unhealthy stuff? Blech. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I just completed my interview with, for the summit with Dr. Lyle, and he has another reason that he likes people to eat healthy and has to do with self-esteem. And he did a whole hour talk about the self-esteem mechanism. And that when you don't eat as well as you know, you could, that your internal audience becomes disgusted with you and you don't That's feel it. good that way either. That's it. It's really interesting. So Lisa says, where do I find the motivation to go outside and walk? I am obese and depressed, plant-based 34 days, lost seven pounds and everything stopped. I have a free re reboot that starts today that y'all can join. I'll post a chat for that uh, in the chat, but I'll let Dr. Esser answer what he thinks. Number one, number one tick, Chef AJ, up on it. Get that going. Well, actually, number zero, let's start there. You rock, girl. Way to go. Way to get started, right? 34 days doing this. This is not easy for many people. The fact that you're doing it, coming out of your comfort zone and recognizing that this matters, I'm so proud of you. And you should be proud of yourself. That's number one. Number two, if you're finding that things are plateauing a little bit, hey, freshen it up. Do Chef AJ's program, download my four-week program, whatever. Mix it up. Start something a little bit different. Number three, reach out to some people. Find some folks online that will support you, that'll begin to encourage you and motivate you. Join some chat groups, join some Facebook groups, right? Of plant-based eaters, et cetera. Reach out for some help and assistance. Number next, make sure that you're really setting yourself up for success, right? Is the environment you're in, in your home, a positive one? Is there a healthy relationship there? Are there people that are supporting you in this? Because that may be the first place where we actually need to focus on as you are also trying to eat the healthy food. So reach out. Sign up for that Chef AJ reboot if you can and keep on going. Don't stop. As far as for the get out there and walk a little bit, hey, maybe walk up and down your hallway 10 times today with some jams going. Start there. Do that. Then do it 20 times tomorrow. And guess what? 
after you've getting up to 30 or 40 up and down the hallway, open the front door, see what it's like walking out down there, keep the jams going in your ear pods and see what happens. And then jam right back in. Maybe choose your favorite upbeat jam and put it in and say, I'm going to walk until this is over. And if it's five minutes, you walked out and you walk back, right? We're done. And then slowly build from there. But first be proud of yourself, right? And then keep on going. Wow, you are just so inspiring. I, I think you should be regular every Sunday because it's just it's just like going to church. That's just amazing. <laughs> and I love what you said about the in, environment because, I, you know, I, I have this form anytime somebody has a, a private session with me. It's like, I don't know, 40 questions. And it, one of the questions has to do with like, do you have any non-compliant food in your environment? Are you willing to remove them permanently? And like 99% of the time, it's like, no. Oh, well, no, but, you know, my husband likes them. My kids, it's like, this is what I see in 99% of the oh, cases yeah. is they live in an unclean environment and they're, they're, and they're always up against having to fight you know, use willpower to, to fight temptation when the easier choice would be just don't have that stuff in your environment. That's right. One of the great challenges, and I tell people like, if you've got a very belligerent or unpleasant spouse who's unwilling to negotiate with you or a roommate or housemate, et cetera, one thing that can be helpful is either A, buy a separate small refrigerator. You can actually purchase one of those little college fridges off of Craigslist. Many people are always selling them for 30 bucks, 50 bucks, et cetera, um, and put all your food in there, right? Or put your significant others in there if they're willing to let you do that. Or at the worst case scenario, choose a shelf in the refrigerator. You say, this is my shelf and pimp it out, make it fun and playful, put some little fun, playful stickers on there, right? Do all this. You've got to fly to the 30,000 foot view of your life and you've got to look down at it. You can no longer just be in the midst of the barracks in the midst of the war and the fighting all the time. You can't stay there all the time. You've got to get above the, the din and the noise, look down at it and say, am I setting my life up for success? You've got to step back from your life every once in a while and say, how am I doing with this? Because I notice for myself, boy, when I'm busy as I'll get out and I've got 200 notes to work out on the kids and changing diapers and this, that, and the other and making food and trying to do our Esser, our juice bungalow, which I'm really excited about this place where people can come stay for one to five weeks at a time and juice and eat healthy food, which is going to open in the spring, probably in January, February, it's about to open, really excited. Um, you know, if I'm in the midst of that din all the time, I can never figure out, negotiate certain paths, but I have to step above and say, look down from it and go, all right, this is working well. This is not working well. This is not getting me where I want. What can I change? So if the food, like Chef AJ said, most of my patients, the exact same thing. It's they all go, oh, well, it's not my food. It's so-and-so's food, right? And it's so hard. We're not denying that it can be challenging. So what you've got to do is come up with a plan to make it less challenging. And if that significant other is unwilling to not have that food in the house, well, are they willing to have their food in a fridge in the garage or their food in a small fridge next to the big fridge or your food on a specific shelf, right? But you've got to come up with ways that you can negotiate with this, right? Because if you love that significant other or have a strong relationship with them, et cetera, but this is the one sticking point, well, it's probably not worth ruining the relationship over, but it's also not worth ruining your health. So you need to be healthy at the same time as keeping a healthy relationship. And hopefully over time, your level of joy, your level of enthusiasm, your level of health will be so motivating to them that they'll come across and support you. Yeah. Well, a wise person once said that if they're not willing to negotiate a clean environment, that means they are willing to keep you fat, sick, and miserable. 
<laughs> this is true. Yeah. Right. Which um, is also, that's concerning, right? That's concerning. Yeah. Well, it's the truth. And John says you need to be shelfish with your shelf. Yeah, that's Ooh, cute. Very clever. I like it. I like it. I like it. Very clever. Dina <laughs> says, please ask Dr. Esther about supplements, how to take them with or without food, spread out, taken all at once. And how about weighted vests? What are his thoughts? Uh, so supplements, you know, I'm not a huge supplement guy. Uh, I think that there are reasons to take supplements at times. So for example, B12 and a long-term vegan is always reasonable. I think that vitamin D for people have excessively low vitamin D, like in the 10s, 12s, 15s, et cetera. I think, you know, that, uh, you know, playing around with the supplements here and there, like uh, a little vitamin, high dose vitamin C and and acetyl cysteine for the person who is in a high risk COVID environment uh, may have some data, quercetin, things like that. Uh, for people like myself who are seeing patients all day or, or the rest, or the person who has multiple medical comorbidities. Um, I think that, uh, you know, so, you know, each, it's very personal dependent. Uh, so, and then as a result, depending upon the type of vitamin you're taking would influence when you take it. Uh, as far as uh, weighted vests, I think they are outstanding for people who are at high risk of osteopenia osteoporosis. So that slender white female uh, who has uh, family history, I think is a wonderful thing to do. And you should use a weighted vest and do an exercise program with it uh, on a regular basis uh, is wonderful. Right. Well, you know, people keep saying, can you have him on regularly? I can. It, you know, it depends on his schedule, but we can call it Sundays with Stefan. Chef AJ is like, you know what a pain it is to get this guy on here? <laughs> no, well, the, the heart, once he's on, he's like a racehorse. Once you open the gate, he'll win the race. Just getting him to respond to your email. That's always been the <laughs> hardest part. But once he's here, he just, he hits a, he hits a, a grand oh. slam home run. Well, so, I appreciate well, you always inviting me back and <laughs> doing Yeah. Well, but, but, you know, you do a lot of these, like, um, I don't know what they're called. Like if you follow him on Instagram and we'll leave the, 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 the link to that, you do a lot of like brief little you come on and you talk. I don't know what it's called, like little segments. I try to, yeah. And I try to, I'm going to try to do more of those. Uh, you know, I think the, uh, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. And, and I want, I look at your food every day and it looked to me, it looks delicious. Other people would say, Oh, that's so boring. But to me, it looks delicious. I think it looks amazing. <laughs> me too. <Yes. laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. So when your place opens, you know, maybe come back on, we'll promote it. We'll let people know how to. Yeah. We should do a little to, tour one day. I can walk you yeah, through. Absolutely. Like, Listen, I'm here. You've got to tell me and I'll, I'd be happy to find, give you a platform to. Yeah, we're super that. excited. It's because, you know, we're right there in Ponte Vedra Beach, you know, so we're like five minutes from the beach. And uh, and so it's this really exciting little place that's going to we're going to be able to host people for juicing and healthy living. And then we have a big one acre you know, organic garden in the front. It's, it's just I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, I wish you every success with that. So thank you so much, Dr. Esther. And thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back tomorrow when we have an amazing chef from True North. He's the executive chef doing a cooking demo. None other Ooh. than Chef Ramses Bravo. Well, happy holidays to you and your family, Dr. Esther. Thank you all. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye.